This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by Springer Nature. It's the official journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. Placing a stent in a coronary artery is a common medical procedure. There are currently more than 500,000 such interventions done in the U.S. each year. After the procedure is completed, patients typically require treatment with anti-clotting drugs to keep the stent clear, and a drug called clopidogrel is commonly prescribed. But uh, over a decade ago, it was discovered about one in three patients um, is genetically predisposed to not respond to clopidogrel effectively. And that's largely because it's an inactive prodrug and requires conversion to its active metabolite in the liver by an enzyme known as CYP2C19 or CYP2C19. Craig Lee is Associate Professor of Pharmacy at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill Eshelman School of Pharmacy and McAllister Heart Institute. He says some individuals carry loss of function alleles that make the enzyme either less effective or altogether ineffective. And so these patients are at a higher risk of future heart attacks and strokes and of death from cardiovascular disease. There are newer drugs available, and this particular allele doesn't affect their utility, but they're expensive and generally more potent, and so there's a higher risk of heavy bleeding associated with them. Because of that, additional data have emerged that have shown that patients prescribed these drugs are less likely to be adherent to their therapy and might actually discontinue and so despite the emergence of these therapies, despite the guideline recommendations, uh, clopidogrel still is the most commonly prescribed uh, agent from this class in patients undergoing stenting. And so this problem hasn't gone away. Dr. Lee and his colleagues are authors of a new study in the journal Genetics and Medicine that set out to understand how clinicians are using genetics in their practice when it comes to prescribing the appropriate antiplatelet drugs and what the results of those decisions are. The scientists had heard anecdotally that clinicians were starting patients on the newer antiplatelet drugs and then using the results of genetic tests to determine whether they could safely convert those patients to clopidogrel. They wanted to evaluate how frequently patients were escalated from clopidogrel to the newer, more potent drugs or de-escalated from those drugs to clopidogrel. They examined the data they'd collected at the center since 2012 when the genetic testing was implemented through the end of 2014. And we asked a couple basic questions. I mean, first, we wanted to know whether use of CYP2C19 genotype-guided antiplatelet therapy in a real-world setting commonly necessitates both escalation switching as well as de-escalation switching, whether the genetic test result actually was associated or the driving factor behind whether a switch occur or, uh, in particular, which direction the switch occurred. And then lastly, uh, to evaluate um, the association between escalation switches de-escalation switches and clinical outcomes in our single center. They found that de-escalation to clopidogrel was common, and it occurred almost exclusively in patients who did not have the allele that affects the enzymatic processing of the drug. Conversely, escalation occurred in patients who almost exclusively did carry that allele. Though it may not seem surprising, this is actually new data. Nobody had observed this relationship, and in particular the timing of it after percutaneous coronary intervention, or PCI. So one thing, interesting thing we observed is that escalation switches occurred very soon after PCI um, because, again, patients who carry the loss of function allele, um, if they're prescribed clopidogrel, they're, they're known to be at a high risk of adverse cardiovascular outcomes. And so if that genetic test result was discovered and the patient was initiated on clopidogrel, switching them to prascrot ticagrelor soon after the PCI is important, whereas the de-escalation switches were, uh, occurred um, on average a few weeks after the PCI, although it varied from patient to patient which illustrated that what's observed in clinical practice is that clinicians are initiating patients on or ticagrelor, obtaining the genotype test result, uh, and then considering 
a de-escalation switch to clopidogrel as they sort of get out of that acute high-risk phase and enter sort of the more chronic phase of therapy. Dr. Lee and his colleagues found in their clinic that about 70% of stent patients do have a genetic test, and then about 20% of those had their medication switched. Although genetics is an important factor, uh, you know, numerous other factors are, are important as well. And so not every patient that was initiated on clopidogrel that was found to carry a non-functional allele was ultimately switched to alternative therapy, uh, about half were. And what we found in those individuals that were not switched to clopidogrel, they were at significantly higher risk of adverse cardiovascular outcomes, which sort of is consistent with emerging data in the field that if, if you carry a loss of function allele and you're prescribed clopidogrel, you're at a higher risk of an adverse outcome just because clopidogrel is uh, not working as effectively. On the flip side, we observed that among the patients initiated on Prasker or Ticagrelor that did not carry a loss of functional wheel, about one-third were de-escalated to clopidogrel and about two-thirds stayed on Prasker or Ticagrelor. And in that cohort, um, what we observed was that those de-escalated to clopidogrel had no difference in risk of adverse cardiovascular outcomes compared to those patients prescribed alternative therapy who, who remained on alternative therapy, thus suggesting that using genotype to selectively guide de-escalation of um, alternative therapy to clopidogrel in patients without a non-functional allele is a safe and effective strategy uh, for antiplatelet therapy. However, our studies limited by the fact that we conducted this at a single center. Uh, it's observational in nature. Um, the sample size is somewhat limited, and these data require validation in larger multi-center populations, which is the next step for this line of investigation. These, Dr. Lee says, will be larger randomized trials involving multiple centers. This research provides the foundation to guide such studies. And overall, he says, it provides evidence of a potential new role for pharmacogenomics. It provides evidence in a real-world setting that using genotype results to guide selection of conventional, less expensive agents in patients without an ad-risk allele is a strategy that might be applicable to other drugs. I mean, typically genetic testing is used to find the non-responders to the gold standard as a, an impetus to switch them to typically the newer, often more expensive therapies. But our, our data show that in this real world setting is that genetic test results can actually be used uh, in the opposite direction. It could, it could be used to selectively guide prescribing to identify patients who are likely to have a good response to the traditional less expensive therapy. Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by Springer Nature. I'm Cynthia Graber.